Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into a business-growing sales machine. It has the latest marketing, email, sales, SEO, and social media advice, and also has strategies and tips from the experts without fluff. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and an education partner with the Shopify-approved course, 1,000 Sales and Beyond. He's the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for Shopify owners. Nick has over 13 years experience in digital marketing from PPC and SEO through to digital transformation of businesses. He's helped hundreds of brands from startup Shopify stores through to international enterprises that operate in hundreds of countries. Nick will be sharing his knowledge and interview the experts to help you in your journey to success. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Nick Truman. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. For those of you who haven't been on the podcast before or haven't been on recently, my name's Nick. I'm the CEO here at a a Shopify specialist marketing agency called Just Ask Parker. I've been absolutely amazed recently when we're looking through the statistics of the podcast. We're growing quite considerably, which is great to see. But I've been advised by our PR team to uh, just give a quick nudge that please do share with your friends, chuck it on social media if you find these podcasts useful. There is a slot on our website where you can submit some ideas. We also have a Facebook group you can go and join if you want to support the podcast, ask questions, all that sort of stuff. The Facebook group is called Winning with Shopify. There's also probably a link at the bottom of the podcast description. So please go and join the group, submit any ideas, things you want us to cover, or any specific guests you would like us to have on the show, and we'll reach out to them, see if they're available. So please do support the show. And that's it as far as plugging uh, <laughs> plugging the show itself. As I keep saying every week, we've got some really exciting announcements coming up at Just Ask Parker. We're revamping the way that all of our tasks work, our services, our websites, and also what's included in those as well. All very exciting, and I'm not allowed to say too much at this stage. However, it's all starting to take shape, and we're aiming to launch all of these new updates before October. And then we have a phase two rollout into next year as well. And that's been part of my involvement in this. So for any Just Ask Parker customers that are listening and thinking, oh, I wonder if the service had that, please do send whatever that is through to us. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'd love to make sure that we've got the best possible service on the market. As I said, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. We post every Friday on this podcast. And we've also got, which is quite exciting, a four-part SEO series coming up in the next few weeks. I'm just lining up all the speakers and guests, a couple from my team in London, potentially. Also, a few other guests from some agencies in the US and some guys out in Australia as well. So all very exciting. We haven't got the final details of that series yet, but it's looking to be the last two weeks of September and then the first two weeks of October. And then we've got another series booked in with a couple of sponsors and a really exciting, essentially a white paper that's going to be publicized. But anyway... Two and a half minutes in now, that's enough plugging what's going on. Uh, Most of you guys are are subscribed and have been part of the show for a while, so I'm going to crack on now into today's topic. I don't have any guests with me today. It's another one with just myself, partly because it's summer, if you can call it that in the UK, it's raining outside. But a lot of our guests are on holiday and that sort of thing. So we'll have some more guests in probably from next week onwards. But today I'm going to be talking about a topic which has been discussed a lot in my office recently and something that I think is quite a big problem out in the industry. I know lots of people who used to run marketing agencies, consultancies, who are now helping brands become good buyers of services. 
So helping brands become a good client. So helping them find the right service, helping them ask the right questions, helping them get the best bang for their buck in terms of investing in a external resource that they need and getting the most, uh, most return. Now, something that we discuss regularly in the office is that obviously a lot of people on Shopify have clicked a few buttons. They started paying their $29 a month or whatever the base rate for Shopify is at the moment, started paying that money. And now they are an e-commerce business. And therefore, they've never paid for any external resources before. I've had conversations with about five, uh, possibly six different companies this week who have tried some marketing and it's not worked and that kind of thing. So the title of today's episode or the theme that we're going to be talking about is people who have invested in advertising or thinking of investing in advertising, but nothing has worked so far. They've paid someone to run some Facebook ads or some Google ads. They've tried some SEO stuff. They've promoted some pins and just nothing has really worked for them. And today I want to uncover what I think are the key steps to being a good buyer and how to run your Shopify business or any e-commerce business for that matter, possibly even any lead generation business. If you're B2B and you're listening to this thinking, there's some really good marketing advice. We're not in e-commerce, but this is useful. Then today's episode is very much for you. I've got five points that I'm going to make. But just before that, I'm just going to add a few uh, bits of context as well so people can fully understand what, what I want to talk about today and some of the points I want to get across and some of the advice that I want to give. So the context is that a lot of people outsource various things. So they might say, and it's a perfectly logical thing to do, they might say, well, look, I don't know much about SEO. That's a complete minefield to me. I've come from a completely different background to digital and websites and e-commerce and Shopify. So what I want to do is I want to find somebody who does know about SEO. So you go on Google, you find somebody, you ask your friends for some recommendations, you get somebody in, they start tinkering in the back end and changing bits of code. You don't really understand what they're doing. You might see your rankings go up a little bit on Google. You might see your traffic increase a little bit. But really, you, you don't really know what's going on. A lot of people do take on these services and just expect everything to work like magic. And this isn't an actual piece of data, but just as an example, one in a hundred times, you might be right. It might be that just as if by magic, you've chosen the right products to drop ship or the right products to buy and develop or the right products to just buy in as a retailer for selling other brands that are out there. You might have just by chance got the right products in, found the right SEO person, the right PPC, Google Ads management person, and also chosen the right template for your Shopify store. And as if by magic, it's suddenly working. Now, that, in my experience, is very, very rare. And the people that have done that have then got a different problem, which we're not going to talk so much about today. But their problem is, I don't know what's going on. I have absolutely no control. Um, we'll cover that a little bit towards the end, I think. But certainly, that is the context of what I want to talk about today, is where most of us have sort of launched a Shopify store. And we think, that looks all right, doesn't it? You know, like it offers what, you know, it says what we offer. It offers some good deals, some good bundles, bargains, discounts. The products themselves are all right. All this kind of stuff. And yet we, you know, we pay people to do SEO. We don't understand it enough to know what they do. We don't have the time to understand SEO ourselves or how Google advertising works. So we're just trusting these people. And then you often end up paying completely over the odds for it. Because what you're paying for is probably not the right thing that you need right now. And because you don't know enough about it, you also don't know what questions to ask or what buttons to push or how to communicate with those, uh, with those people. So I'm going to move on now into my five points. Five points, I think absolutely hit the nail on the head. Again, this is something I've spoken with my team here in London about, and we've, we've nailed it down to these five. I think the five things you need to think about when you're trying to get some external help or you're trying to just generally grow your marketing. So the first point I want to make 
is that it's your business. So you should always expect to be in complete control of your business. Like I said earlier, even if you outsource your SEO or your PPC and it goes really well, the problem you might then therefore have is that actually you don't know what's going well and what's not. So it goes well and you tenfold your sales. So for every dollar you were making, you're now making 10. We're making good profit, but we're not managing to grow any further. And the problem you've now got is you're so busy running that business, looking after those customers, fulfilling those orders, that you don't actually know how to grow any bigger than that. And you're stuck in this time loop. And that is a very significant problem. And if you're not at that stage yet, you've got an opportunity to make sure you don't end up in that stage. So my first bit of advice is it's your business. You should always expect to be in control of it. And what that means is that means that you know roughly how SEO works. So I think every buyer of SEO, so even if you buy external help, I think you should go on a course to understand what SEO really entails. I would love to plug my SEO course, but we don't have one um, at the moment. But there are lots of very good courses out there. Even if you're not planning to do it, the more you can learn about SEO, the better the services you can buy. It's a little bit like with cars. The better a driver I am and the more I know about how engines work, the more that I'm going to choose the car that's right for me. So if I just go to the garage and assume, you know, what they tell me is is correct, I could end up with a diesel car. And in the UK, diesel cars are being taxed a huge amount now because they're really, really bad for the environment, it turns out. It's not the advice we were given previously. And the people in the showrooms are still selling just normal diesel engines. However, if I knew what a diesel mild hybrid is, I might go for that option because I know the tax is going to be lower on it. It's better for the environment. It's probably going to last a lot longer. And also, it's still diesel, so I've still got the benefits of the miles per gallon, long, long distance, and that kind of thing. But again, the more I know about cars, the better the car I'm going to buy for me. And it works exactly the same with advertising. So if you know how effective Facebook ads, Google ads, and SEO can all be, you know which order to buy them in, what sort of person you're looking for to work on them, and then you're also going to get the best result. And that, that's just the starting point. That doesn't even actually include all the complicated stuff that you might come onto down the line. That's just the, you know, from the word go, those are the basics that I think everybody should know before they start buying some services. Point number two, my second point, and I love this phrase. This is something that an advisor to the board said to me uh, a long time ago, and also our FD says to us regularly, is that you only get out of a supplier what you put in. So my second point, I've worded it like this in my notes, is invest with your mouth and time, not just your wallet. So if you're expecting to outsource all of your advertising, so you just say to somebody, here's $10,000 a month, make magic happen, I can almost guarantee it's not going to work. And the reason it's not going to work is because your products might be rubbish or your website might be rubbish. And, and when I say rubbish, it doesn't mean that they are physically rubbish. It means that it's just, they're just not fit for purpose. They're not going to convert well. They're not going to turn a website visitor into a customer in an effective way. Or the products themselves are going to get such bad reviews that when customers go on Google and search up your name with the word reviews, everything they see is a complaint. You know, this product was rubbish. You know, they didn't honor the guarantee. It only lasted two months and then it broke and it said it should last for 10 years. You know, and then I found out the guarantee was invalid. And if you're getting complaints like that, no PPC person in the world is going to be able to help your business really grow. PPC is not the problem. 
there's a different problem there. So my advice here really is if you invest with your mouth and your time, you're going to be having regular contact catch-ups with that PPC person or that SEO person or that Facebook advertising person or that social expert. And you should create a bit of a dialogue with these people. So the dialogue should then be you asking questions. What do you think we could improve on the site? Could you have a look at that and come back to me with some advice? And they might say, oh yeah, your PPC clicks are costing too much because what people are typing into Google is not on your website. So Google's charging you more because they think your landing page is not very relevant to your keywords. So things like that, again, if you ask the right question, which is my third point, is around asking the right questions. If you ask the right questions, you'll get the right answers. So I'll give you an example. A bad question is, how do we grow? And the reason that is a bad question, in my opinion, is that's your job as the business owner um, or the marketing director. That is your job within the organization to know what the plan is as to how to grow. You can ask people for advice on it, but I think there's smarter questions you can ask to get some help on how to grow. I think the how to grow question, you know, clients ask us a lot. And I sort of say, well, look, we can drive some more people to your site, but I think you need to improve your offering. So why don't you talk to your sales team and work out, you know, how to improve the product itself or the way the product's positioned or the name of the product. You know, I think naming products and services is totally overlooked in so many organizations. People just go, well, that's some shampoo. We'll call it shampoo. Or this is our invoicing software. So our main service is, you know, that we provide an invoicing software platform. When actually people aren't Googling invoicing software platform, people are Googling how to invoice faster, how to automate my invoicing. So you see, actually, if you call it our invoicing automator service with loads and loads of blog posts about how to automate your invoicing or what you should and shouldn't automate, now you're offering a bit of advice. And again, that's one thing we can do from an SEO perspective, from a PPC perspective, but I think the business really need to buy in and ask the right questions. So the right question I would say is not how do we grow? What I would say is how can these ads support our USP, our unique selling point proposition, you know, whatever you want to say USP is, essentially what's our edge, our unique thing about our business. And then if somebody says, well, do you know what? Your USP is free delivery. Everybody offers free delivery. Well, it's not really a unique selling point, is it? And it's not going to stand out, which instantly means less people are going to click on your ads. Because less people are clicking, your click-through rate is lower. So the actual percentage of people seeing the ad and clicking on it is lower. And Google has a thing called quality score. So your quality score on PPC is going to be lower. Therefore, you're going to pay more money per click and you're going to appear further down the listings. So again, coming back to my main point, if you don't brief that PPC person that you're outsourcing to, if you don't brief them properly, and also you don't get involved and get your time and your energy and you know and all the conversations you have with them, if you don't get all of that lined up and you just expect them to make magic happen, it's just not going to happen. You can see some of the problems. They can only work with what you give them. So the more you can give them and more you can make a partnership with them, the better the results are going to start to be. So on to my fourth point today, and I kind of covered a lot of this anyway, all these points linked together quite nicely, I think. But the fourth point I want to make is about being a good buyer. There are a lot of scenarios where I've had people contact us to say, look, we've worked with 50 SEO companies. Therefore, um, we expect you to be cheap because none of the other 50 worked. We expect you to be cheap. We expect you to be super experts at this. We expect you to double our SEO revenue and traffic within two months, etc. Instantly a client I don't want to talk to. So if we do end up working with you, 
my first impression was, I don't really want to work with you guys. You've not got my attention anymore. You've also not got my drive. And the rest of my team aren't really going to respond to demands. So actually being a good buyer is someone who comes to us to say, look, we've tried a few things. They've not really worked. Perhaps we could start with some sort of audit. You guys go away, do a piece of work and come back and tell us all the things we don't know. We'll then digest that at our end, have a think about how we can adapt as a business. So you might find that we don't call that our services the right thing or our products. You know, they're all just in one giant category on the site, which therefore means when traffic arrives from PPC or SEO, there's just one giant category they have to try and filter. And actually, if we broke them down into smaller little subcategories or sub-subcategories, so we have a bit of a structure to this, that would create a better journey. But we don't know what to call those. Well, again, you see, we've now got a strategy and the business have essentially come up with the strategy that people don't like the way they navigate our site. So we want to improve the UX. So the brief they've given us has been quite insightful. So we now have got some sort of direction to go in. We'll also test their theory with some data to say, do we think it's the right approach or not? And then we can crack on with it. So again, I think being a good buyer is all about asking the right questions and then also listening to what's said and consider some different options. I think sometimes people just, you talk to one person, you think, oh my gosh, this person sounds great. Their sales pitch is amazing. But if you've not considered a few different options, then you're possibly not going to actually find the right solution. Again, the more you know about what the sort of thing you're looking for or some of the problems you've got, and I genuinely think business owners really need to have a a real grasp on what's good and what's bad in the business. And once you've got that, if you take that as a brief to your suppliers or potential suppliers, for certainly for advertising, for web design, etc., then they've got quite a clear idea of what they need to crack on with. And you'll probably find they add a lot more value as well. Because they'll come back to you and say, right, you wanted us to recategorize all your products. Well, we've built a bit of a sitemap for that. And it's based on keyword data on Google. So every single category now has some keywords that people are looking for that could potentially find these categories and land on your site. And then we might start moving into a phase of, well, now we've built all the categories. How do we optimize them? Like, what questions does a user have when they type in eco-friendly shampoo and arrive on the site? But if they arrive on a category with eco-friendly shampoos, why are these eco-friendly? What's eco-friendly about them? Like, are there any downsides? Like, is it still going to wash my hair as I want? Are there any specific oils that are bad for the environment that you're still using in these? So actually, some sort of guide, some blog posts linked to from that category can go quite a long way in terms of educating that user. But again, the supplier and agency you're talking to, the people you're looking to outsource to, they don't know what your customers are talking about because they're removed from that. So if you start to educate them on what your customers are saying to you, a bit like we've done with Parker, we just asked Parker, I've spoken to loads of clients, I've heard some of their absolute joys of using the service, some of the reasons they like it, some of the reasons we've had customers for a year or two, paying us every month, still using everything, etc. And then I've also heard the opposite. You know, I've heard why people have left the service, why people don't like it, what they think it's missing, what they moved to as an alternative. And how do we become a bit more like the alternative whilst keeping all the USP elements we have within Parker? And I think if you can educate the supplier to say, well, actually in our ads or in our social posts or in our emails or on our website, we want to talk more about this because that's what we're hearing from clients. Well, you know, from customers, that's a really interesting brief. And you'll probably find the suppliers like, oh, this is an interesting challenge. Yeah, we'd love to overcome that. And we'd love to write a case study afterwards as well. So actually, Now there's a sort of win-win scenario in this, you know, and in that negotiation you have, it's less about how much do you cost? What can you do? The conversation is more about how can you get us to this next stage? Because we believe that next stage is going to be profitable. Final point today then. So point number five is around scalability and growth. 
So one of the issues I find a lot, certainly with slightly less experienced buyers of some of the things that we offer, I often find that they're trying to fix major problems that the business has. Now, that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. But sometimes I don't feel like they've fully defined the problem or understood where the issues lie. So what I would recommend in those scenarios is that if you just go to town and think, okay, if only we had more customers, I'll find a good advertising agency and they can send a load of traffic to us or a freelancer or somebody. The problem is you might be scaling a problem. If the issue is actually that people don't like the products and you've not spoken to your customers, you don't actually know that they don't like the products, all you're going to do is just be scaling a problem. So if, if you listen to my previous podcast episode, I was talking about how to get repeat business a lot. It's a major factor in e-commerce, partly because new customers cost so much. So if your products aren't up to scratch and you then start investing loads in marketing through somebody else, yes, they might be coming back and saying, for every $1,000 we spend, we're making you seven, so you must be making profit. But actually, you guys are making a loss because of returns, because of complaints, because of your time to deal with stuff. So actually sorting out the products and making sure the products are correct is a big issue. So if you move to an agency and or outsource some marketing and get more customers in, you're actually scaling the problem. And as I spoke about right at the start, you might then find yourself in this loop where you have no spare time. You are so busy just dealing with all the products and stuff. And the reason you're outsourcing your marketing is to try and free up some of your time. The reality is if that goes well, it's not going to free up any of your time. If it goes badly, it's not going to free up any of your time because now you're making less revenue. So you're actually just creating a bigger mess. So please don't hear what I'm saying today as a don't outsource because that would be very counterproductive to what I believe in and what I've built my career on and what both of my businesses are about. However, please do hear this as a, there's a really good opportunity here. If we get this right, then we can start to sort out the business. If we look at it in a new light and try to work out, well, actually, what can outsourcing do? And it's not going to be necessarily saving time. It should be to bring in extra resources. We're going to invest time and money into the partner we choose. They're therefore going to invest time and skill and ability and results into us. And suddenly, before we know it, we've got a great working relationship. We love up the agency or the freelance that we're outsourcing to. They just know what to do. We know as a business where all of our problems and faults are lying, or most of them at least, how we're going to deal with them internally and also how we've got time to deal with them now because we've outsourced the right things. So actually, if you find that fulfilling orders and putting them out the door is taking up loads of time, well, actually, getting more customers in isn't necessarily your problem. Your problem is probably that you need a warehouse, you need a fulfillment company, somebody who can send stuff out. Amazon and various others have a very, very good model for this. Amazon is great in the sense that some businesses we've spoken to, they just order products from China where they're manufactured um, or Canada or the UK, wherever they're made. They order them in straight to the Amazon warehouse and then Amazon just fulfill them as the orders go through and they just sit back. Margins aren't great, but you're not really working very hard and you've got loads of time. And you've also got loads of revenue, which means you can then perhaps invest some of that time into your website. So again, that's a, it won't work for every business, but that's a good business model to start looking at. Anyway, thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found this useful. Again, just a quick disclaimer. These are all my opinions, my experience, stuff that the team and I are, are talking about internally here. So please don't take this as a one-size-fits-all business model. 
what I'm hoping to do with this episode today is to give you guys a few signposts and a couple of recommendations of where should we start looking next to really grow our store? How does that work? What questions do we need to ask? What sort of stuff are we going to be working on to make sure that it is a success? And therefore, when we do get the external skills in we need, let's make sure it's the right skills at the right time to make the right difference. That is how your bigger competitors will probably be functioning right now. Therefore, let's start functioning a bit more like them, keeping all of our USP elements and all of our unique elements to the business. And then we're going to start to see some growth. So thank you so much for listening. Please do subscribe, support the show, etc. And look forward to being back next Friday. We've got something very, very excited lined up for next Friday. I'm not going to say what yet, but something incredibly exciting that I, I cannot wait to, uh, to click the post button on. So uh, please do tune in next week and I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks a lot. Sign up for free for the Shopify approved marketing course at 1000salesandbeyond.com and get our show notes at justaskparker.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. See you next time.